Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, August 16th. Here's today's big idea. President Trump has a troubling tendency to blame both sides. Showing that the remarks he delivered from a White House teleprompter on Monday were somewhat hollow and insincere, the president yesterday revived his initial claim from the weekend that both sides are to blame for the horrific violence at a white supremacist rally in Charlottesville. Going rogue during an event at Trump Tower that was supposed to be about infrastructure, the president said there are two sides to every story. He then attacked the counter-protesters for acting, quote, very, very violently as they came with clubs in their hands at the neo-Nazis and KKK members who were protesting the planned removal of a Robert E. Lee statue by the campus of the University of Virginia. He said you had a group on one side that was bad and you had a group on the other side that was also very violent, and nobody wants to say that. The president then complained that not everyone who came to the so-called Unite the Right rally was a neo-Nazi or white nationalist, and he said the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. These comments suggest very strongly that our president sees moral equivalence between Nazis and those who oppose Nazis. Objectively, there is no moral equivalency between Nazis and those who oppose Nazis. But this is part of a pattern. In his interview on Super Bowl Sunday with Bill O'Reilly, the Fox host, who's now gone, pressed Trump on why he respected Russian President Vladimir Putin so much. Putin's a killer, O'Reilly said, noting that he murders his political enemies and leads a repressive authoritarian regime. Trump didn't hesitate. We've got a lot of killers, too, he told O'Reilly. You think our country's so innocent? There have been a lot of other examples as well. Trump has often defended his own immoral behavior on the grounds that other men also behave badly, as if that somehow exonerates him. Remember, Trump was very defiant last October when that Access Hollywood video from 2005 came out in which he boasted in extremely lewd and predatory terms about being able to get away with sexually assaulting women because he's a celebrity. In his initial statement, he actually said, quote, Bill Clinton has said far worse things to me on the golf course, not even close. Then in a subsequent statement, he said, there's a big difference between the words that I used and what Bill Clinton has actually done. He said Clinton had abused women and Hillary Clinton had bullied, attacked, shamed and intimidated Bill's, quote, victims. We've become sort of numb to Trump's rhetoric since he rode down the escalator at Trump Tower two years ago and declared that Mexican immigrants are rapists. But we cannot lose perspective of just how shocking it is that a U.S. president said what he said yesterday. This really is one of the most surreal moments of Trump's surreal presidency. And that's the big idea for today. I have a lot more online in the 202 with headlines, how it's playing, reaction, how Republicans are responding, where things are going to go from here. But here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. One, there were elections last night in Alabama. The appointed Senator Luther Strange, who is filling the seat of Jeff Sessions, who became attorney general, is going to face off in a runoff election with conservative judge Roy Moore in September. You've heard of Moore because he's the one who refused to remove the Ten Commandments as a judge and was subsequently taken from the bench. He's very popular with social conservatives. Strange, who has Trump's endorsement, very popular with sort of the establishment of the party. Neither candidate secured more than 50 percent of the vote in yesterday's initial round because of the presence of a third candidate. And whoever wins the Republican primary is certain to win the seat 
Number two, the debate over whether to remove Confederate statues continues to shift in a pretty dramatic way since the fatal violence in Charlottesville over the weekend. In Maryland, Republican Governor Larry Hogan recommended that the state house remove a statue of Supreme Court Justice Roger Taney, who wrote the infamous Dred Scott decision in 1857 upholding slavery. Meanwhile, overnight, crews in Baltimore removed that city's Confederate statues intentionally with little fanfare to avoid violence. The governor of North Carolina announced that he wants to get rid of statues. Other politicians who have ambitions and don't want to be seen as siding with white supremacists are taking similar positions around the country. Number three, the Congressional Budget Office strikes again. A new report from the CBO finds that if Trump ends cost-sharing subsidies to health insurance companies, premiums will increase by 20%, and the federal government will actually lose an additional $194 billion in revenue over the next decade. The report also makes clear that Trump would be responsible for families paying more for less care if he ends these payments. The Trump administration has been providing the funds for cost-sharing subsidies month to month with no commitment to pay for the remainder of this year, much less for 2018. This is something that a lot of people in Washington are spending a lot of time wringing their hands about, but the decision really could have a huge impact on how much people pay for insurance. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, August 16th. You can read more at WashingtonPost.com daily 202. I'm James Hellman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.